Believers, it's Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger, the podcast that equips entrepreneurs and influencers with the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. So you guys know I am doing a happy dance right now because last episode I was toe up from the flow up. I had some manner of sickness, evil, illness that just invaded my whole system and I couldn't talk and I, my throat was sore and ooh, it was a mess. It was a podcaster's worst nightmare, but I am healed. I am not 100%, but I'm a good 88 and I will take it because on our last episode, I was like 40, okay? <laughs> so I will take it. I'm glad to be back in the mix and I am excited about this week's episode. So you guys know, if you listen to my podcast during the election and shortly after the election, you know I said I was all the way done talking about Donald Trump and his presidency and things like that. But you know, so much keeps happening. And I had a divine revelation. I said, you know what, let me go ahead and connect these dots. So today's episode is all about alternative facts, wiretapping, banning, and hacking, which leads to alternative facts. And I'm going to put a spiritual spin on this. Wait for it, y'all. It's going to be so good. So our guiding thought for the first part of this podcast is 1 Peter 5, 8, which says this, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And so if you are not familiar with the term alternative facts, Google it. It's something that was originated by Kellyanne Conway, who is one of the correspondents for the White House. And alternative facts is a fancy way of saying bold-faced lie, okay? <laughs> That's what an alternative fact is. It's like, wait a minute, either it's a fact or it's not a fact. But alternative facts means, yeah, there's a different version of what's actually true. And sometimes this happens to us as believers. Sometimes it happens to us as influencers and entrepreneurs, especially when we're trying to pursue our God-given purpose. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is wiretapping. And that is why this scripture is so relevant. I'll read it again. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. In other words, the enemy is consistently ear hustling. The enemy is consistently looking for opportunities to get a foothold in your life. Wiretapping means when you tap into somebody's line and you're listening in in an effort to collect enough evidence or enough intel to exploit them or to destroy them. And so the enemy is consistently doing that. He's wiretapping all the time. The Bible says is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And he will use conflict. He will use depression. He will use envy, ego, uh, vanity, your past, your fears, anything, any of those things to try to get a foothold into your life to try to exploit or to destroy. And so that's why the word says, be sober-minded. I actually looked this up for a clearer definition. Be sober-minded means to be serious, to be solemn, to be grave. It says, be sober-minded and watchful. In other words, take it seriously. I know that sometimes we don't believe that, that the enemy is, is after us the way that I often describe, but he is. Like his only purpose for existence is to destroy and to kill and to disrupt. And so 
the word says, be serious. Take this seriously because the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to be to devour. Not only be serious, but he says be watchful. In other words, don't get caught slipping. Okay, you need to be on the lookout and recognize when the enemy is at work. And there's a lot of ways to recognize this. Something that I've said many times in this podcast and, and the word says also is that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so if you have issue or strife or conflict with somebody, that is not really you and that person. That is spiritual wickedness because, again, the enemy is looking to and fro, searching for someone to exploit, searching for a weak link in the chain, searching for an opportunity to come in and to exploit and to destroy and to devour. The next thing I want to talk about in this era of, of, of the Trump presidency is the ban. So you guys heard in the news, there was all kinds of, of legal challenges to the ban, which banned certain people from coming into the United States. And I said, Oh, I got a divine revelation about that too, because the enemy works the same way. Okay. So this one is going to come from Job, the first chapter. So Job, J-O-B, and I know I'm not the only person who thought that that said job. I know that that's, I, I can't be the only person. Y'all know y'all thought that said job, but it's Job, okay? So Job, chapter one, verses seven through 10, listen to this. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it, in other words, wiretapping. I've been wiretapping. I've been ear hustling. I've just been, you know, going around, looking for somebody to exploit, looking for somebody to mess with, okay? And then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and his herds are spread throughout the land. In other words, Satan was like, um, yeah, I would be a goody two shoes, too, if I had Job's money and Job's family and Job's property and Job's land. OK. And as the story goes, you know that God allowed Satan to take away everything that Job had. He took away his wife. He took away his children. He took away his money. He took away his home. And he gave him diseases, okay? And, and the Lord said, my only stipulation is don't kill him. Do whatever you want, take whatever you want, but don't kill him. And you might be thinking to yourself, wow, why would God allow that? And sometimes we ask ourselves those same questions, right? Why would God allow that? Why does he allow these things to happen to us? Why does he allow certain calamities or certain tragedies or certain struggles or certain stresses to come into our lives? And the answer is this. God knows what he placed in you. The Bible says that he has placed in each of us a measure of faith. The question is, are you going to use it? And so what Satan does, what the enemy does, is he's trying to build a wall, literally, between you and God. And so he felt that by taking away Job's money, taking away his house, taking away his kids because the children died, uh, taking away his wife, giving him a disease, and basically, he was practically homeless, okay? So he went from, what they say, rags to riches. He went from riches to rags, okay? So he, he went in reverse. So he went from riches to rags in hopes that Job would curse God. 
in hopes that Job would say, you know what? There cannot be a God if all of this is happening to me. In hopes that Job would say, God, talk to the hand. I thought you was that dude, but clearly you're not because you've allowed all of this to happen to me. But Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Think about that. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though I'm going through it, yet will I trust him. Though my job situation is looking sketchy, yet will I trust him. Though I'm not quite sure how I'm going to pay my bills, yet will I trust him. Even though I don't know how this business, this platform, and all the things that I have on my wish list and that I desire and that I believe that God has called me to do, even though I have no idea how it's going to manifest, and to be honest, right now it just ain't looking good, yet will I trust him. That was Job's response. But my question to you is, you have to take a moment and you have to ask yourself, what is your relationship with God built on? Is it built on trust or is it built on stuff? If God allowed you to lose your house, if God allowed death in your family, multiple deaths in your family, if you had disease and were struggling with terminal illness, would you trust God or would you be angry? Or would you walk away? Or would you lose faith? Would you lose hope? Well, fast forward, I mean, and, and the book of Job goes on for like 42, 43 chapters, but fast forward, Job trusted God. And because he trusted God, the Bible says that God restored to him double everything that he lost. So basically he gave him double for his trouble. But you have to ask yourself and, and think about what is your relationship with God built on? Is it built on faith? Is it built on belief or is it built on stuff? The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So is your trust in God only as good as the things that you see? Is your trust in God only as good as things are comfortable for you? Is your trust in God only as good as the bills are paid? Is your trust in God only as good as everything is thriving, everything is popping, I got my health, I'm all good? Where do you draw the line? What is your relationship with God built on? Keep in mind, Satan's whole purpose is to destroy that relationship, to destroy that trust, to dissolve that trust, to make you believe God doesn't really love you, that God plays favorites, that he's forgotten about you, that he's too busy for you, that he has a whole lot going on and he ain't studying about you and your little problems. That is the whole point. That's what we call an, an alternative fact. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But you have to ask yourself, when these things happen, how do you respond? Do you respond with trust like Job? Because God is a restorer. So, so the testimony in that whole book is that God is a restorer, okay? Or do you allow Satan to build the wall and separate you from your relationship with God? And the last thing in the Trump era presidency, which I also had divine revelation about, y'all see how this is all coming together? This is good stuff, right? Right, okay, is hacking. Okay, so again, I went and I looked up the technical definition of hacking because we're talking a lot about hacking and, and Russia and unauthorized access. And so I, I looked that up and it says hacking is using a computer to gain unauthorized access to data in a system. And so what does this mean for you as a believer? What's in your pocket? What are you listening to this podcast on? My phone. A phone is a computer. In fact, a phone, a smartphone is a super computer. And so I believe that the enemy uses your phone 
to gain unauthorized access to your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions. One of these tools on your phone is social media. So the enemy uses social media to gain access to things like your insecurities, to your envy, to you comparing yourself to other people, to exploit your desires, to make you covetous, to make you desire things that belong to somebody else. Remember John 10, 10, the A part of that verse says, the thief comes only, only to steal and kill and destroy. And if you're being completely honest with yourself, you cannot tell me that there has never been a moment in your life where you scroll through Facebook or you scroll through Twitter or you scroll through Instagram and something that you saw made you feel some kind of way about yourself, made you feel insecure, made you feel envious, made you feel like you were less than, made you feel like, dang, how could I be down, made you feel like it's never going to happen for you. And so because he uses that tool, okay, to gain unauthorized access, then you find yourself saying things like, dang, you know, why didn't I think of that? Or how did they get that opportunity? Or mm, you see somebody traveling off in some exotic location and you're like, I wish I could go. Or, you know, you see what somebody has or they've hit the red carpet and you say, oh, that's going to be me next year. Because you just assume that because they have it, you're supposed to have it too. Or you see a gathering or a social situation happening and you you think to yourself oh I guess I didn't get the invite they must have lost my invitation in the mail or you see a group of women or a group of guys you know or a group of people coming together doing things and making moves and you say oh I guess they got themselves a little click now okay if we're being honest and transparent okay because I, I work with people in this work every day we talk about the mindset as much as we talk about the strategies and the action and the mindset really really is 90% of the work we're going to talk about that before this season ends, but your mindset is 90% of the work, is 90% of the battle to become a successful entrepreneur, influencer. It's, it's what happens in your mind. It's, it's about the thoughts that you think on a consistent basis. And so when we put all these things together, the wiretapping, because the enemy is going around ear hustling, looking for somebody to devour, the ban, how he uses your material possessions to try to build a wall in between you and the Lord or uses your health or, or situations to make you lose faith or lose credence in the Lord. And because he's hacking, so using computers and social media or even television to make you insecure or envious, when you put all of that together, okay, because it's a powerful little combo, it leads you to alternative facts. What alternative facts? When you have somebody that is consistently looking to destroy your life, that is consistently listening in to your every whim, desire, and insecurity, that is trying to create confusion and disruption between you and your relationship with God when he's using social media and other tools to try to make you feel some kind of way and gain unauthorized access to your emotions. Alternative facts look like this. I'm not good enough. It's too late for me. It's pointless. If I do it, people will think I copied off of them. Mine is never going to look like his or hers. Well, if only I had what they had, I could do that too. Or it's not worth it. All of these are alternative facts. All of these are lies from the pit of hell. The Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. You know what that means? He doesn't play favorites. He does not play favorites. And so regardless <laughs> of the enemy's efforts, you have a choice. Are you going to believe the truth of God's word or are you going to 
lay claim and lay hold to these alternative facts. You know, I tell you all the time, your actions betray your beliefs. So if you have been in pursuit of this dream, in pursuit of this passion, and you find yourself giving up, giving in, knowing that it's your God-given talent, knowing that it's your God-given gift, and you just tapping out on your assignment, then that means that you have fallen victim to alternative facts. And how did it happen? Wiretapping, banning, and hacking. It's real, y'all. <laughs> it's real. And so the truth is, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. In other words, the thoughts I think towards you, I have intention towards you, okay? I know the thoughts I think towards you, they are of peace and not of evil to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. So if that's God's plan for you, and that is the truth of his word, then that means that the enemy has an alternative, okay? That means that he has an opposite plan. The enemy wants you to be defeated, to be depressed, to be broken, to be insecure, to be apathetic. You know what apathetic means? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. How often have you heard people say that? I don't care. You know they care, but that's the defense mechanism that we put up to try to be tough and act like, oh, I give zero Fs, okay? You can look it up on Urban Dictionary. I give zero Fs. I don't care. That's apathy, okay? Because the truth of the matter is you should care. You should care about your calling. You should care about your passion. You should care about your gifts and how you're using them. You should care about the people that God has called you to serve. So when you say, I don't care, you have given way to alternative facts, bitterness and jealousy, alternative facts. And so I'm here, brothers and sisters, to encourage and admonish you, don't give in to the alternative facts. The enemy is always going to be wiretapping, trying to create a ban and build a wall. The enemy is always going to be trying to hack and use tools of a phone can be a weapon of mass destruction. OK, <laughs> using tools of the trade to try to exploit your fears and your weaknesses and your insecurities. But the Bible also says greater is he that is in me, he being God, the Holy Spirit, than he that is in the world, which is the enemy. OK, I said it before. I'll say it a million times. You're not fighting for victory. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. Jesus says, take heart. I have overcome the world. He said, I got this. I've already won. Read Revelations. We win. So he said, don't wait till the battle is over. You can shout right now. So you're either going to walk in God's truth or you're going to walk in the enemy's lives. And if you're walking in the enemy's lives, then you are living in an alternative reality. Okay, you're living in a way alternative or opposite to what God's intentions were for you, which were for you to live in peace, for you to have a future and for you to have hope. Even though God allowed those things to happen to Job, ultimately, faith not tested is faith not trusted. How can you say you have faith if you've never had to have any, if you've never had to apply it? Faith is a muscle that has to be developed and is developed through trials. Remember what the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations and trials and tribulations. He said, because the trying of your faith produces patience. And when patience has had its perfect work, you will be whole and complete, lacking nothing, nothing. But you don't get there when everything is sunshine, rainbows, bubblegum, and popcorn. It just it, That's not how it works. That's not how faith is built. That's not how that muscle is developed. So hold on to the truth, y'all. Don't believe the hype. Don't fall victim to the alternative facts. And just, as the Bible says, be sober-minded. Take it seriously and be watchful, okay? 
be mindful of tricks of the clues that let you know that this is nothing but a trick of the enemy and don't believe the hype. So that's our episode for this week, y'all. I hope that it was a blessing to you. I hope it encouraged you. You know, you can always hit me up at Dr. Shante Says if you have any comments, questions, or takeaways. And I look forward to our next episode. Thank you.